Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Monica Packer from About Progress, and this is How Do You, a monthly series where we hear from real women sharing how they are working on their progress with their identity, habits, and fulfillment. Do you have core memories with books? Most of mine growing up are about me reading in my bedroom, from giggling over Amelia Bedelia with my sisters to reading the Little House on the Prairie series while eating an orange with a slice of banana bread and cheese on top, of course. Each time I listen to the audiobook version of Harry Potter with my kids, I am transported back in time to my early teens when we listened to Harry Potter while driving through the forests of McCall, Idaho, going from hike to hike while on our family vacation. Reading has always been an important part of my life until I had my second child. I was surprised how even me, someone who was an English major and an English teacher, could so easily slip away from something that mattered so much to me, reading. And there were a lot of factors there, and we're actually going to cover a ton of them today. But I knew that I needed to get 
back into reading in order to feel more like myself again. So much so that on my very first do something list, I had one item there that has stayed on every list of a variation of this item, and it's read a certain number of books. That first year, I just wanted to read 20 books. To me, that was a huge stretch. But prioritizing those books, I don't even think I read all the 20, which was not even the point. But reading again helped me return to important parts of myself that I had lost, but it also gave me so much to look forward to in my day-to-day life. It carried me through some pretty rough and even lonely years as I was raising my little kids. If you have fallen away from reading for whatever reason, maybe yours is a lack of time or maybe energy, maybe even a lack of confidence in reading, I am so thrilled to share with you this How Do You episode I recorded with a progressor named Annette. Annette also fell away from reading for a period of time, but the pandemic brought it back into her life again, especially because she really was able to target what was keeping her from reading and to overcome those obstacles. Annette was incredibly thoughtful in preparing for this conversation, and she will cover almost every area I can think of on what might be preventing you from getting back into reading again and how you can beat that that thing from the types of books that maybe you can involve in your life. Maybe you think audiobooks don't count and they totally do to even having a hard time stopping reading a book, even though you're not enjoying it. I know that was one of the weird things that kept me from reading for a long time because I had Les Miserables on my nightstand and I thought I needed to finish that, even though I had like 800 pages left of it because I'd gotten like another 100 or 200 pages into it. And that was one of my factors that prevented me from reading for years. So friends, in the true spirit of our community, This is a do something boost for you to get back into reading. And after listening to this, get started, try something. And that is so good at teaching about this. And when you do, pass along to me what you're reading and how it's helped you to have this habit in your life again. Even if you just start reading one book every six months, I we don't care. But when you read, let us know how it's how it's working for you. And I will pass that on to Annette too. So I'm so excited. I already know this is going to be an episode I reference a lot for people who ask me how to get back into reading because every part of it is pure gold. Annette, welcome to About Progress. Hi, I'm excited to be here. I'm really eager for my audience to get to know you better because you've contributed so much to anything I put out there from our old Strive Hive to comments online. You've just been such an incredible resource for all the women in this community. And they get to hear from you today in a more official capacity and about your love of reading and your return to reading. But let's start with an introduction. Tell us a little bit about you. So I live in California um, with my husband and our two kids and our dog. Can't forget about him. And I'm an attorney by trade, but a reader by passion. Mm -hmm. Um, I love learning, reading, cooking, traveling, planning anything. Um, making memories, capturing and preserving them, and adding joy um, and efficiency wherever I can. That's why you're so awesome. It's like all the things. Okay, so let's start with the general setting of what got you to this point where you're like, I want to get back into reading, but I'm sure to set that up first, we need to know how you fell away from reading. That's going to be something a lot of people relate with. Yeah, so I always loved reading. I'm not like a late in life reader. I did genuinely love reading and read a lot as a kid and in high school and in college even. But once I got to law school 
and even more so once I started working and then became a mom, I just pretty much stopped reading completely. Mm-hmm. Part of it was time, but part of it was also I was reading all day at work and I really just didn't want to come home and read more. So even though it was something that had brought me joy, it, it just didn't feel like something that maybe would even bring me joy again. Mm-hmm. And then also like, how was I even going to find the time? And then 2020 happened, which if ever there was a social experiment for the importance of self-care, <laughs> that was it. And I really just was, tr- I was just beyond burnt out. And I was trying to figure out different ways to feel less depleted and yeah. try to follow my own breadcrumbs as you taught me with the do something lists and different things that I was just trying to explore. And that's how I fell back into reading. Oh, I love hearing this. What about reading sounded like the perfect way for you to come back to yourself and and to give yourself that kind of care you needed during this time? Part of it was I'm an introvert and I needed some alone (laughs) to recharge and just the structure of my children and husband always being home. I just needed something for myself, although we do read as a family too, but I needed my own time. And part of it was that I love learning. And sometimes reading can do so many different things. It can comfort, it can teach, it can take you places you've never been. So I could read about Italy and travel there. I could learn, I could read self-help, I could read nonfiction, or I could learn from stories or such powerful teachers. So I was literally learning, but also learning just from enjoying, which was, it was fun and productive, which is great. You just described all the things I love about reading too. Wow. And this is for women who at some point in their lives, they loved reading and they, for many reasons, fell away from it, but they're ready to get back on that horse. They're ready to have their own time to get back to all those roots that you just shared. Let's ask the main question for this episode then, for those who are ready. How do you get back into reading? So there's a lot of ways. And of course, it's all personal to everybody. But one of the biggest shifts for me was embracing audiobooks and ebooks. I was hesitant, I'm not gonna lie, but listening to an audiobook is reading and I can give my TED talk if you want it, but it's made a big difference because both in my enjoyment of reading, but also in my ability to make time for reading. If I insisted on reading physical books only, I'd be reading three or four books a year. Instead, last year I read 200 books. So it's a big difference. Yeah, and so part of that is mobility, audiobooks, and ebooks are always with me. If I have a spare moment, it's on my phone or on my Kindle app, however you prefer to do it. So it's just, if you have time that you weren't expecting, it's ready to go and it's with you as opposed to like carrying a book everywhere you go. I have all my kids stuff. I just wasn't realistic that a a book would always be with me. But also, because I think you do this too, it's great for multitasking. I can listen to a book while I'm doing something. And again, you want to pair it with the right task. So you want to pair it with something that's mindless or requires little to no thought, um, driving, walking, cleaning, folding laundry, uh, not having conversations with your children. It doesn't have to just be productive stuff. It could be needlepoint, sewing, coloring, playing a puzzle, whatever you want. But you want to do something mindless and that kind of allows you to have more time. And the joke in my house is you can tell how good my audiobook is by how clean my house is uh, <laughs> because I will pick up spare cleaning tasks. It also helps you focus to multitask. So you're not just being productive. But if you're somebody who's, I can't do audio because my mind just wanders. If you pair it with a task, that will help you focus. Also play with the speed. A lot of people don't realize you do not have to listen to a book on one speed. If you struggle with focusing on a book, 
even if you're pairing it with that mindless activity, try adjusting the speed. And different narrators are different, right? And it's cool too, because you get faster as you go. So that's another way I fit in more books, right? I average two times speed. So an eight hour book only takes me four hours to listen to. And yeah, my kids joked at first, it sounds like chipmunks, but your brain adjusts. And now even my kids are up to a 1.5. So your brain really does. It's great. And then also start easy. Don't take a multiple timeline with 1,200 characters on an audiobook if you're starting out, um, unless you want to make yourself a really good cheat sheet. Um, nonfiction is great to start with, especially if you're a podcast listener. It's the easiest transition. For fiction, you know, try to avoid those multiple timelines, too many characters, or do a multicast. There's some great books where you get these talented actors who do multiple voices and then it's easier to follow. And like then my Daisy last Jones and the Six. Yes. That's the perfect audiobook to start with. Don't do 1776, which is my first audiobook ever, like back in 2000, I don't know, nine. And that's, I didn't, yeah, couldn't connect, didn't understand what was going on. But yes, that's such a great idea. Right. And that's a great example because somebody might have picked up 1776. It, it's their only experience. And then they say, I can't do this. I can't mm-hmm. focus. But Daisy Jones was a gateway for me. That's where I really transitioned to fiction on audio because I was just mesmerized. It was this oral history and it was a talented cast that just completely took me away from what I was experiencing. And it's it, that's a fantastic example of a good audiobook. Um, and don't be afraid to try. I like to have an audiobook, an ebook, and a physical book. And doing that actually is very efficient, but it's also a great way for you to see what's working for you. Which one are you finishing? And which one is collecting dust? But again, a lot of the things I'm going to say, it's really just about trying. And speaking of trying, another game changer for me were library apps. I did not know about them. I did not know that you could get audiobooks and ebooks from your library on your phone without even going to the library. The big ones are Libby, Hoopla, and Cloud Library. Um, you have to see what your library uses. And also, sometimes you can get more libraries than you think. For example, in California, I can get a library card at any California library. So Libby is my favorite. It's the most user-friendly. And you can send ebooks to your Kindle, which is a really nice treat because then you have all the benefits that the Kindle app has or if you're used to it. But they're all great. But sometimes they have longer wait period. Hoopla, you get instant access, which is great. I've never and, Hoopla. I've only yeah. done Libby. And I think I want to mention the reason you brought up having multiple library cards is because you can put those cards on Libby and have more allotted holds and check out limits. So you can switch around on your cards and have 20, 30, 40 books on hold. I wouldn't check out that many at once, but you can check out a couple at the same time. You do. And that helps a lot to have that availability, especially when there's long wait periods, because each library has their own rules, but some will only let you hold 10 books. Some will let you hold 20. Um, So if you like new releases like I do, it helps to have multiple cards, but also different libraries use different apps. So Hoopla is great because you get instant access. There is no waiting, but their selection is not as great. And Cloud Library is somewhere in between. You sometimes can get a new release pretty quickly on there and they have a little more than Hoopla, but sometimes there's a wait. So you can also play with what app you like better. A lot of this is about exploring what works for you. And and this is free. There is no cost. If cost is a barrier for you for trying new things, this is free. And you're helping the library system. Don't even feel like you're doing something wrong. The more you borrow, the more cards you get, it affects their budget. It helps them. Yeah. And it really 
can make a difference also for that community. It's free and it's a good deed if, you, if that helps you. And you can um, use your kids' card too. So that's why I brought that up. Like you, some of us yes. don't want to go over to another town and, and show some other states. You like have to have a letter that shows you live within those boundaries, but you can use your kids' cards too. I apologize. This is fantastic. Thank you. Please keep going. Oh, that's great. And I do, by the way, I do. My my daughter the other day went to put a hold and she was like, did you borrow this book? I was like, yes, <laughs> I borrowed that on your card. Because I do have all my kids' cards on my phone too. Yeah. Um, and it is a great way to maximize it. I maybe shouldn't share out loud how many holds I have right now, but it's beneficial to have a lot of cards um, for that reason. And then again, finding time to read now that you have access to free books and you're going to try audio and ebooks and open your mind to that. Um, reading blocks for me were a great way to make sure that I prioritize reading. Ideally for me, it is a daily practice. I do read every day, even if it's five minutes. As you taught me, small wins add up over time. And I would say so do small reading blocks. So yeah. if you could just do five minutes a day and then know that you can do more it could be in the morning, I will, with my cup of coffee, I will read until my coffee is empty. Or you could read before bed or during lunch or when your kids nap or on your daily commute or like a task that you always pair it with. And if you don't like consistent blocks, because I know there are people out there who are like, I cannot do a block schedule, that is too much. Decide once a week or every morning when you're going to sit down and put it in your calendar like it's an appointment mm. and show up because if you want to read, you can make it a priority. And look, if it isn't your priority, it isn't. We can't prioritize everything, but we can make time for the things we want to prioritize. And think about it this way. You always make time for other people's priority, right? The last minute bake sale cookies that you're making, you found time to do that. Yeah. And you found time to, if your boss asked you for an extra project at work, you find time. A big part of this process for me was learning to prioritize myself yeah. and allowing myself to give myself that value. Like an appointment with myself is to be as respected as an appointment is with you or with my doctor or, or a client or anybody else. Um, and if you really think you don't have time, I challenge you to do a time audit. Um, as a lawyer, I'm used to tracking my time. Sit down and see where you spend it because I'm sure you spend a lot of time on social media or something else where if you decide you want to prioritize reading, you can find the time. You just have to decide it's a priority to that. Yeah. And then again, unexpected blocks, which we touched on a little bit earlier, is that always have a book with you, whether it's on your phone, the Libby app travels with me. I have audio books, I have ebooks. Um, or if you like a physical book and that is what is working in your season, bring it with you. Have I always have AirPods. Um, like you will always find me like with one AirPod in my ear and one AirPod free to hear my kids. But make it easy. That's another thing you've talked about too with making habits is you want to make it easy so that if you have that, like if a friend is late, I don't care. I just listen to a book while yeah. I'm waiting. And it's, and it's fine. And again, those small blocks add up, which I'm sure because I think you do that as well. I do, yeah. And figuring out what to read next can be a big hurdle to reading. So I think it's really helpful to have a plan. And again, like you've talked about that with other habits, it just, it makes it easier. It makes it more doable. So in the reading world, there's like a fancy TBR is the fancy letters for what's known as the to be read list. It's just a fancy acronym. It doesn't have to be a fancy list. I suggest having one space where you keep everything you might want to read and then a shorter list of what you're going to prioritize. And depending how much you read, that could be a list for a week, a month or a year. It doesn't have just a shorter list that you don't have to get lost in the the 500 books on your priority list. And again, it could be a note on your phone, a post-it note, 
a physical stack of books, a collection folder in your Kindle, or you could do a fancy spreadsheet or um, do a collage of covers, whatever works for you. Or you can let a site like Storygraph or Goodreads do it for you. They have a little button you can click that just says to be read. And Storygraph is cool because you can actually add tags. If I want to add a tag, I can add who recommended it to me, the reason I want to read it, or I could even add a priority tag. So just my priority books come up. So if, if you really don't want to deal with it yourself, you can let Storygraph do it for you. But just try different ways and make sure it works for you. You do not have to have an overly complicated list. The trick is something that you can maintain that you find accessible that works for you. And mine has changed over time. I started with a note on my phone. I went to a complicated spreadsheet. Then I joined a Patreon for currently reading and they have a fantastic spreadsheet. I took theirs. And now I'm do Storygraph too. So you are allowed to change your mind about how you do it. There's no wrong, wrong way or right way to do all that either. Right. The only wrong way is the way that's not serving you, right? And then another thing is that you want to read what you enjoy, which might seem like an obvious thing to say, but Truthfully, a good book is going to beg you to pick it up and Mm -hmm. motivate you to prioritize reading. A bad book can be an obstacle to your motivation and your momentum. And if you aren't motivated to read, you're not going to prioritize it. One part of that is, did you know that you don't need to finish every book you read? This Um, is admittedly hard for me, but I have been doing better with that, letting it go. Because I didn't know that. And then I struggled with it, as you yeah. say. But there's even an acronym for it. Here's another fun one. DNF. It means did not finish. Or if you don't like the idea of leaving things unfinished, let's call it did not force. If that makes it easier. Yes. Yeah. But those three letters changed my life because I felt like I had to finish a book no matter what. And then I realized this was part of what caused me to stop reading when I would try in and out through the years between like law school and 2020 to read is I'd pick up a book I didn't like, I had a hard time reading, I'd set it down, and then i just stop reading. And then it was so hard to restart all the habits I had. And then also like giving myself permission to just stop reading a book was huge. And again, different people have different rules. And I suggest giving yourself rules if it's hard for you at first. That's how I started, and now I don't even need them. But some people will say, I give it this number of pages, I give it. it this percentage if it's an audiobook or a certain amount of time. Or some people have deal, but if I catch myself hate reading, if I'm not picking up the book, if my mind keeps wandering. And again, look, also part of it is sometimes it's the right book at the wrong time. Yeah. So sometimes you're doing a disservice to yourself. There have been several times where I have set down a book because I just couldn't focus. And I picked it up another time and it ended up being like a five-star book for me. Wow. And there are other books where I've read like almost the whole thing and I've DNF'd at 86%, which for me is hard. It's super hard to do that. But I just, the main character was frustrating me so much and I just didn't want to spend any time with her. And what helps me is there are too many good books out there for me to read a book I'm not enjoying or that's not serving me in some way. And let's face it, if you've seen my TBR, I'm not getting through that list unless I DNF. For me, reading has to be enjoyable or it has to serve some kind of purpose. I need to be learning something about myself. Or Look, I like to discuss books. So sometimes I will read a new release that's not great if I want to be able to like, talk about it with people. But if it's not meeting my needs, right? And look, the biggest obstacles are things that you are, that are all things I've learned from you. They're shoulds, FOMO, Hmm. and that all or nothing mentality. And again, if you're working on those things, this is another place in your life where you can work on those things because it makes a big difference in your reading when you're reading things. And again, you, you get to choose what your reasons are for reading. You don't have to 
say, I only read books I enjoy. Again, you can learn to read or because you want to discuss or whatever. But if there is not an internal motivating reason to continue, be like Elsa, let it go. <laughs> and if you continue with a book you don't love, just make sure your reason is your reason. Yeah. And not a should in disguise. And if you struggle with DNFing, I'm going to bring you back to that library. Yeah. Great tool. Because you don't have to feel like you're wasting money. You did not pay for $30 for a book that you need to read. It's free. And feel good about it. Return it and let somebody else who's going to like it more than you will pick it up. And again, there's also a time limit. If you're seeing you're not picking it up and your time is up, let it go. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It helps to know your reasons for reading. Do you want to connect, comfort, learn, support, Mm. entertain, whatever you want? Know your personal preferences and know that just because a book, everybody else loves it, doesn't mean you have to love it. It doesn't mean anything about you that you do or don't love it. I love Harry Trees had a great quote I love. It's to every story, we bring the story of ourselves, which means we're going to relate to a book differently than everyone else because you are the only one coming to it from your story. You may have different triggers. There might be things in your life that are harder to read about. Or there may be things in your life where you need to be seen and those books you're going to connect to more than somebody else who doesn't have that. Or maybe you have favorite themes, but there is no hierarchy in reading. Mm -hmm. There is no better or worse books. You do not have to justify what you like. Again, the only bad book is one you are reading because you think you should. If you don't like Dickens, don't read Dickens. And if you're just reading what you think you should like, you're not going to be reading for long. And nobody's looking. Look, I have a friend who said she loves steamy romances, spicy romances. And those covers can be like spicy themselves. She's like, I can't bring this to work for my lunch break. But yeah, you can. On a Kindle or an audiobook, nobody can even see the cover. Or buy yourself a book sleeve. Nobody has to even (laughs) know what you're reading. If you're working into owning what you like and that's harder for you, bring a book sleeve or put it on a Kindle. But you got to just kind of try. And without judgment, the second you let judgment get in there, you're not going to end up with books you like and you don't have to justify it. But reflecting really does help that process. Think about it when you read. What are deal breakers to you? What tropes work for you? Do you like character driven or plot? Can you read a book with unlikable characters? Mm -hmm. Do you like reading about your own experience or about other people's experiences? Do you like to be grounded in reality or do you want to be immersed and just escaped away? Are you a mood reader? I'm a mood reader. So for me, what I read changes. And some things to help you figure that out are tracking your reading. Again, as simple as or as complicated as you want. You could just make a list of what books you read. You could let Storygraph or Goodreads track that for you. You can have a spreadsheet, whatever you want, but just track it. And that kind of helps you see like what you're reading. Storygraph is really cool because they will track the genre and the moods for you. And That's they make nice. these pretty little charts. I don't know if you've played yeah, with it. I have. have you? No. Okay, you should try. It's fun, it, especially if you like charts and data. I'm a data nerd. Yeah. It will say to me, you like emotional, reflective, funny books. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And it will tell you what genres you tend to enjoy. You also can journal. If you like to reflect on what you enjoyed, 
You could do your own journal or there's Ambogel has a My Reading Life journal that's that has prompts. Or I like the Kunistico has a great one. Or if you like to verbally process, book clubs or buddy reads are a great way to figure out what you like. Both because they'll expose you, right? Like you may have to read some things that you wouldn't otherwise pick up. But also because hearing people process it or verbally processing it yourself makes you be like, oh, yeah, that is why I did not like that book. Or listening to book podcasts. Hearing people who talk about books helps you develop ways of thinking about books in general and also may help you understand why things work for you or don't work for you. And a lot of those books, book podcasts also will let you know what's on the radar and they may expose you to books you might not have otherwise heard of. And the Bookstagram community is also great for that. If you enjoy social media or if you're younger than me, book talk. My daughter told book talk is for the young folks. But yes. I'm on Bookstagram and I love Bookstagram because the community is just, there's no people like book people. They're just the best people. Yeah. And if you're having a hard time digesting, you can read other people's reviews. You can see what you like. And again, journaling or tracking for you might just be that you keep a list of reviews for yourself. They don't have to be public. They could be for you. Just take a minute to review the book, what star you would give it. And that helps you, Right all good ways to process what you read. And then if you're struggling to find time in reading, if you're having a hard time reading alone, like sometimes when you have young kids, that can be hard. You can also have reading rituals in your family. You can read in community with the book club, but you can also read in community with your own family. And again, depends on your kids' ages. Yes, I know there was like a many years where good night moon was the reading time. But now... You can read out loud together. You can listen to audiobooks together in the car. I love audiobooks on a road trip, working on a puzzle. Everyday reading is a great resource if that's something that interests you. She's got a ton of ideas. Sometimes my husband and I will share AirPods and we'll walk the dog and listen to something together. I know couples who listen on speaker before bedtime together to a book. And you also just have family reading time. So now as my kids have gotten older, sometimes I still read to them. They're 10 and 13. But sometimes my son and I will each, he has a book he's really enjoying. So he'll read his book and I'll read my book next to each other at bedtime. Or in the living room, we'll say it's reading time and everybody will grab a book and we read together. And that gives me more time to read. So that selfishly is wonderful. But also, if you want your children to enjoy learning, studies have shown that having them watch you read and prioritize reading. My daughter was at a family event the other day and I was watching her. My sister-in-law hadn't heard of Libby and I was watching my daughter explaining to her like the joys of Libby and showing her all the things that she's borrowed and what she's read and giving her recommendations. And when you stumble on things you enjoy with your kids, Mm -hmm. um, that's the jackpot of all jackpots. I don't know if Brene Brown's idea of doing like that family Venn diagram of fun. Um, no, where you figure out all, all the things you, you write down all the things you enjoy doing and like where you overlap. And that's the best way to maximize family time is to do something. you. And again, sometimes family time is about learning to get out of your comfort zone and seeing what other people enjoy. But when you find the things you love to do as a family and it happens to be something you enjoy, and, it makes more time, but it's also more enjoyable because it's something you get to do together. And like, I know people who do like book clubs with their kids or they do book clubs with their kids and their friends. And you could do that too, but it could just be that you're sitting in the living room together and everybody grabs a book. Or that you, if you're sitting in the living room together, everybody grabs something to do by themselves, but your kids are watching you read and they see that reading is an enjoyable activity. Okay, this has oh. been a masterclass on reading. Nice. Like, 
anytime someone DMs me and asks, how do you get back into reading? Because I have had this question often. I'm just going to direct them to this episode from now on, Annette, because it covers every single facet of what might be in the way, but also how they can conquer it in those doable ways that we talk about here. And I'm just going to come back to the advice you shared earlier on is don't be afraid to try. Just, Just do that. And also don't let your reading speed get in the way of trying too. It's okay to be a slow reader. I'm actually a physically, like a physical book. I'm a, a fairly slow reader and that's okay. So this has been fantastic. Let's ask two more follow-up questions that I always sure. ask. And then I'm going to have an extra one where I just ask, because you've read a lot, but and I'm not going to do what's your best books of all time because that's often really hard. I'm just going to say, what have you read lately that you've liked? And we'll just end with that. But first, what is one thing you do a little differently if you could go back in time? I wish I just would have prioritized reading sooner mm-hmm. and realized that um, it could have fit in my life if I was willing to make some changes. Fitting something in your life is not going to look the same in every season. Yeah. And that's okay. I, I thought because I couldn't read physical books the way I wanted, I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. Um, or that I was just exhausted from reading all day. Like audiobooks would allow me to have that energy to keep reading and not tire my eyes out so much. Maybe it's not realistic to think I could go back in a busier season and have the reading life I have now, 200 books a year. It's not every year you're in a pandemic with no social obligations. Yes. And that's okay. But I wish I gave audiobooks and ebooks a chance earlier and also to learn to DNF earlier, which maybe finding Libby earlier would have helped with too. Mm-hmm. I think I could have read more than I did, even if it doesn't have to be a certain number, but I would have read enough. Um, to feel fulfilled. Amen to all of those. They were definitely my uh, constraints as well. What has been the biggest benefit that you have found in getting back into reading? That's hard because we could do like a whole, we could do a whole nother minute, a whole nother episode on that. But if it's not cheating, I would say the biggest benefit has just been how fulfilled I feel. Mm -hmm. And part of it is that I love reading. So it's fun to do. And part of it is that books have often been a great comfort for me. And they have also literally taught me so much. I've made a lot of meaningful changes in my life because of the things I've learned from books. And part of it is the connection I've had to others with my kids and my husband and my friends and any fellow reader. As I've said, book people are the best people. I love that bookstagram community. But really, it's just that it's taught me how to make time for myself and the things that matter to me without guilt. And that's helped me feel like myself again after getting lost in my motherhood and various other rules and obligations. There's just no more guilt in making time for myself because I've also noticed that when I feel fulfilled, it benefits everyone around me. I'm a better mom, a better wife, a better friend, and a better employee and community member as well. Mm -hmm. So there's really nothing selfish about it. Mm, Beautiful. Let's give them just a few books they could potentially consider that you've liked lately if they're wanting to get back into reading. So I love reflective books. I love character-driven books where you get to really know a character. So Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano has, was a beautiful book that will make you cry. The Collected Regrets of Clover I loved. It's about a de- death doula who knows everything about death, but not so much about life. Uh And it's about regret. And it's if you love a reflective book that's like heartwarming and uplifting, it's not a sad book. That one was beautiful. Yellow Face was great. It's like very much a literary thriller about about appropriation and who has the right to tell what stories. But it's also just brilliantly constructed. It's a satire. So if you like 
thinking a lot. If you're looking for something more fun, Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice from Murderers is a really silly book with a great character who will stay with you. It's very funny. Found family is big for you. And then I can't believe I'm recommending this that because it's huge everywhere. But Fourth Wing, which I don't read a lot of fantasy, but I could not put that book down. It's spicy. So heads up, very spicy and a lot of language. But a whole world. It's like a cross between Harry Potter meets Top Gun meets like Game of Thrones. I don't know if you've read it, but it's unput downable. Like the pacing is fantastic. You care so much about the characters and it's great. And if you like rom-com, the love wager was really cute. And so was Practice Makes Perfect. And then if you like thriller, I don't do thriller because I don't like being scared. But I did recently read The Quiet Tenant, which was pretty good. And I know a lot of people have loved that one. And then nonfiction, The Good Life was such a treat to read. I read a lot of self-help and that Harvard happiness study where they studied people for 80 years is quoted in all of them. And this book is actually about that study. But it was also one of those books that's both you learn a lot and it's inspiring. Okay. So I love that. And The Myth of Normal was great too. I've read a lot of nonfiction I loved, so we could be here all day. But just that's like a sampling from this year. So Backlist is great too. Yeah, well, these are all newer books. Backlist is a whole nother thing. I, I know you've read Maybe You Should Talk to Someone is one of my favorites. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. I love that one. And then try to think. I love I love Taylor Jenkins Reid. You you mentioned Daisy Jones and the Six. I love The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Got I like Heartwarming. Here. Haven't read oh, you that do? One yes. Oh, I love that one. That one's really good. There's just a ton. I, I like heartwarming, cheesy books. So Remarkably by Creatures, The Gunkle, anything by Frederick Bachman. Okay. But yeah, there's just, there's so many things out there. And I'm a mood reader, so I will read across the gamut. But you'll see Fourth Wing was one of my favorite books this year. And that's a book I was not going to pick up when I saw that it was about dragons. I was like, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you may be surprised. Yeah, I have found, and- I like fantasy a lot more than I ever did in the past. And it's, yeah, like you said, I'm a mood reader as well. I definitely hop around depending on what I want to learn or if I need something like just like a romance or if I need like a character story like you just shared. Um, so ah, you've given me a whole list here. I wrote down all those books. I'm yeah. now going to go and put them on hold on my Libby app. And also I'm part of the book club too, which is like a monthly membership and they can send you a book a month that you can get two additional books for only $10 each. So you can get up to three books a month which is awesome. Or you can space them out. And they often have the newest things that are just the, yeah. the quality. They have really a great, great selection. There's yeah. a lot of people on Bookstagram who will like detail everything they do. And they tend to pick a lot of the best books. So they yeah. have great variety if you're, but they do physical. So that's a great option if you're, if you enjoy having physical. And I believe they just started the audiobook too, but I haven't tried oh. that as well. I haven't tried that yet. Cause I'm, if I start something, I like to just stick with it. Like the Libby app works for me and it's hard for me to have, I don't listen to audible because I just I don't do well with multiple apps, even for the same thing. So I haven't tried it yet with both and it's of great You know that about yourself. So it's great. And I'll check it out. Cause I'm okay. It's great. You know that. And also you tried about switching, um, switching genres is also, by the way, an extra good tip is that if you find yourself in a rut, I just recently read some very heavy, I don't know why, but this summer, a lot of great World War II, World War One yeah. fiction has come out, but it's heavy beyond mm. that. C was great. And the postcard I just read, and I just read a bunch of heavy books. So then that's like when the love wager comes in. Like yeah. you said, sometimes it's nice to switch it switch up if you, if it, so that you don't get like stuck. 
if you feel like you're getting like, if, or if you have a, they call it a book hangover, where like you yeah. can't read anymore because something you read was so good or just so emotional. It helps to swing in a different direction. The book of the month is a great place to look because they do have a, a really good selection of new releases. And I like new releases because I like to discuss books. So if you like to discuss books and you read new releases, you will find people and you also find book clubs. Like there are book clubs online that you can join that read a lot of the new releases. And a lot of them have the author, which is fantastic, um, where you'll talk about the book for 30 minutes and then the author comes on and you can ask the author questions. It's amazing. Such a treat. Annette, you have already boosted this love. You boosted this love I have in general, just getting to know you, but particularly through this, it's reminded me why this matters so much and why I think it matters to a lot of women who have lost this part of themselves. And I hope in listening to you, they can find one small way that they're going to try and getting back to the heart of what your advice is. Just don't be afraid to try. And I, I know this is going to help them do that even down to what book they can start with. Thank you for being so prepared for this. I, I know you took a great deal of time to do that. It matters and it's not going to go unnoticed by me or our community. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. A lot of this has also been from you, from the way that you, <laughs> you have taught me to do something or to, to not let my shoulds get in the way and to not, to not feel that it needs to be all or nothing. It can be whatever it looks like in the season for you at whatever pace it needs to be, and there is no judgment there. Yeah. So thank you, because I don't know that I would have found my way back without a lot of the things I've learned from you and your podcast. That thrills me. That means a lot. Thank you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.